Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Kingsway Kickabout, uh, KCL Radio's home of sports discussion. Today, we're joined by a special guest, a friend of the podcast, uh, Mr. Benjamin Darby. Hello, Ben. Hello, everyone. Uh, is this your debut, Ben? On, on this is, yeah. But yeah. Obviously, KPL podcast, there's only one episode out so far, but we are working on getting back to it now that the lockdown is over. Yeah, very, very good indeed. Uh, a good first episode. Thank uh, you, thank you. I'd say world class, but I'll take good. Speaking of a uh, world class uh, club, uh, Benjamin Derby, so dearly supports Bolton Wanderers. Yes, yes. Uh, have been renowned in the noughties. Uh, of his, which I'm presuming is the era you thought you fell in love with uh, football. Yes, yes. World Cup players, not just uh, JJ Ococha, uh, but Johan Almander and Kevin Davis up front. Uh huh, uh huh. And that's not the case now. And, you uh, know, people people bang about on Henri and Bergkamp, but I think uh, Almander and Davis, you know, they they don't really get the recognition they deserve because they were they were easily on par with you know <laughs> the legend. An interesting example of a double target man front two as well. A little bit, a little or, bit. Or is, that, or is that an unfair assessment of the... I mean, Almanda, not so much. Almanda did have a lot of technical yeah. ability. He just never really decided to use it, at least for us. Maybe I don't think the system really fit him, but he also didn't put in the effort to yeah. be honest. Well, I remember with Sweden at Euro 2012, he was also in a double target man from pair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's easier to play off as that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Play off Definitely. Well, I mean, he, he, did, he did fuck all the Euros. Yeah. It, it, it was fun to see him. Um, and uh, so, yeah, uh, Bolton unfortunately find themselves in the team. We do. Important to remember that it was literally hours away uh, from being worse than League mm-hmm. A lot worse. Uh, last September. Um, what? What? Obviously, fundamentally, we know what a time that was like for you, but, like, could you try and maybe illustrate the fear that you felt last um i can do you know it's uh, something that some football fans will be able to relate to for specific clubs i think uh blackpool portsmouth charlton like those those ones um similar experiences you know sort of 10 15 years ago those guys were, were also in the prem uh you know, winding your way down the leagues because you just don't have the, the resources, you don't have the players, you've got an owner who won't put any of the funds in. You know, we, we, we had two consecutive owners who, uh, the first one, uh, luckily, ripped his, debt, uh, ripped his debts off, so we, uh, we didn't have to owe him the, like, it was like 200 million or something, so that was fortunate. But the guy who obviously took over from him, Ken Anderson, which is a word, you know, a name that does not get spoken around Bolton much. Uh, it's very a very Mike Ashley figure to, to yeah. Bolton fans, really. You know, just in it for personal gain. Didn't didn't care if we went extinct. Even um, said he kept trying to find a buyer, and then you know nothing ever came of it. Um, but we were lucky that eventually, last year. Um, Late August, I remember it because it was the day before my birthday. Got the news came through, club got bought, new ownership, got down to League Two because we didn't have a squad. But that's all right. We've got a bit of stability now. I think. I think this is this is as low as we can really go. To be honest. No, I mean I, I completely agree, um, especially in the current climate of League Two, where I mean even before uh, the last few years, it, you had to be extremely bad to get back to get relegated from League Two. I mean, only two relegation spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it seems yeah. the only criteria uh, a team needs to stay up in League Two is to have um, not catastrophically bad finances, um, mm-hmm. which uh, obviously Bolton don't have. Um, Bolton uh, started the season, however, hovering above the relegation places under Roger yeah. Ian Ever, um, coined uh, for their barrow Salona style of play. Last season, mm-hmm. he's moved down the M6, uh, and then, yeah, M62. It'll be to Bolton. Um, there you go. Get some uh, roadmap absolutely. knowledge, guys. You, you know, and, uh, Alfie's got his eight heads out. Does it look like he's turned the ship around, or is this 
just a nice happy form. He's start, he's starting to in the last month, I'd say, managed to win five in a yeah. row. So that's good in the league and one against the Newcastle youth team in the um in the whatever it's called now, Papa John's Cup. Is it that? Oh, that's it's, what it is, it's isn't it? well whatever fast call sponsor you want, really. Yeah, exactly. Um and uh you can you can see that the players are, 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 get, are getting it a bit. They're, they're understanding what he wants from them. He's you know a, he was a bit controversial when he made those uh, comments about Billy yeah. Krellin. You know, um, I think a lot of Bolton fans though sided with him in terms of the the um, the message, just not maybe the sentiment because yeah. you know Krellin was you know he wasn't performing at all and you know we brought matt matt jilks in who was uh, obviously a mate of ian from when they played together blackpool that season in the in the prem that they had um he's meant, he's meant to be the coach goalkeeping coach because he's 38 or something like that now but first game against salford you know one of the better teams in the league um promotion contenders got a got a clean sheet in the win uh got a man of the match as well the keeper um so that was sort of the start of, of, of what well, that was. That was the first game we won to put us on the run that we're currently on. So, and you can see that with each, with each game, they're getting a bit more solid at the back, which was the problem very early on. The strikers are now chipping in with, with a couple goals. So it's getting there. Um, experience seems to be a key factor in the turnaround. Um, uh, from what I've been hearing, um, Alex Baptiste, uh, EFL yep. veteran. Uh, alongside yep. uh, Nathan Delfonso, similarly EFL veteran, um, stepped up uh, in uh, recent uh, weeks. Um, yeah, and these these are guys that have played in all four yeah. tiers of the football league as well, haven't they? I, well, uh, Delfonso definitely has. I'm not sure. His oh no, Baptiste has. Yeah, no, he's uh, black as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so you know, these guys, these guys have have, have seen it all pretty much, um, and. Uh, but uh, I mean, Delfonso's Delfonso's playing playing pretty well. I wasn't too sure about him just because he's had a very inconsistent career. Um, Baptiste, you know, a lot of fans are still not not too sure about him. You know, we we had him a, a couple seasons ago already. Um, wasn't great, but that was at Championship level. So you know, um, I think yeah, George Santos is is one of the players we brought in to. Uh, Played defence, and at the start he, he he wasn't performing at all, and then all of a sudden he's become this sort of impenetrable force at the back. He's a very good player. Um, maybe be reading too far in uh, to the transfer strategy, but uh, on current form, uh, playoffs are a very strong proposition. Well, and uh, obviously Alex Baptiste has done it with Blackpool and QPR. Matt Jilks with Blackpool. Um, yep. So that could be a facet of it as well. Um, going into the season, though, um, the big narrative around Bolton, alongside Ian Everett, uh, was a wider transfer strategy though, of picking up um, uh, the League Two All Stars uh, in previous yeah. seasons in, in comparison to a more reckless transfer policy of seasons past. Um, one of them is uh, Tony Sarsovic. Uh, who's uh, already become a club captain? Uh, yeah, so cool. yeah. He's um, I guess you could say so. Especially the position that he plays in is not, you know, something that you don't see too many captains. There. He's 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 a bit of a like Lampard type of player, I would say, yeah. in that in that sense. You know, he leads by example uh, quite well. He's you know a sort of centre mid, attacking mid, you know, pivot role there. Uh, definitely the definitely the most uh, naturally talented player we've got on the team, and I've I've seen seen enough of him before when he was at uh, Plymouth um, to know that the the talents there and uh, Fleetwood before that as well, wasn't it? Um, he's 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 probably my favourite of the signings we've made. He's he's definitely he, the that's the kind of talent that we're looking for if we want to get to League One again. He was uh, Plymouth's uh, player of the season. Uh, last yeah. year, uh, and um, in front of him, in the side, is uh, Swindon's player of the season, uh, finishing one place above him in first in League Two last season. Owen Boyle up front, Mr. Boyle, yeah. Now he, he he had a bit of a shaky start. He didn't wasn't getting the goals the yeah. first few games. But he was getting in the in the positions. Um, you know, the service hadn't been great. Yeah. 
But I think he's he's kind of he's dropped a little bit back now that he's got him and Delfonso up front together, you know, between the lines, so he can get the ball a bit more. Um, which for a number nine is fairly rare because he is he is I guess a more traditional poach yeah. poaching type of player, whereas Delfonso is a bit faster and he likes to sort of drift a little bit um, to the to the channels. Um, but Doyle's got I think six goals now, something like that. So he's and most of them come in in the last month, I think. So he's 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 getting back in the goals, considering he was the top scorer in the division last season. Then we come in and pick him up for free. You know that was a very much a sign of intent. But at the same time, this is someone who just got promoted to League One with Swindon. But at 32, you know how far up the the divisions can he go? If we get back to League One, are we still going to rely on him? I, I don't know. It's um, yeah, it uh, correlates. Uh with a loathe desire to talk to only Swindon fans ever correlates to what they're saying is um, given chances and all score. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, you talk to a lot of Swindon fans, right? I'll speak. No, no, no. I, I, don't, I don't want anything to do with that place, obviously, especially after last weekend. Um, Seems like you're keeping your ear close to the ground, though. Well, look, they, they were obviously giving it the big end. Um, yeah, Saturday, cool. and look, if I can't take one derby defeat in the last day, hey, uh, then it's not very fun. Uh, subtle, subtle flex, uh, yeah, subtle flex indeed. Um, uh, when is uh, your mini kind of half derby uh, against uh, Oldham this season? Oh, Christ, well, we had one already. I, uh, I, think, uh, I think we did. I, I, I get I get uh, lost with a lot of the teams. Oh, don't even worry. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did because I remember we lost, and then I was like, "That's not good." But I was in October. Ninety-fifth minute winner as well, so that was obviously not great. Yeah. But a Wigan uh, Bolton derby in League Two next season potential. That is that is that would be cool. possible. Yeah. Um, I I mean I find the Wigan one. Not yeah. I, you know I don't really don't really give one about it. Nor nor do I with Bolton. For me, it yeah. is. A lot of people would say Burnley. It just depends what kind of part of well, Bowen you're from, really. For me, it's well, this is the problem because, like, I guess um, the the, the uh, derby with Blackburn really has its origins in the uh, Sam Allardyce noughties. In exactly, you know, we we got him fired from yeah. Blackburn as well at the end, so that was fun. I do, I, I do like Big Sam. But, but, you know. This is uh, not meaning to uh, rub salt in the wounds uh, at all, uh, but um, it's it's kind of difficult when Blackburn and Burnley both consider each other as their main rivals and Bolton. Yeah, exactly. But that's the problem with all these northwest yeah. clubs is that there's so many of them. How do you define yeah, yeah. one? You know, like Berry would have been one traditionally. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know. Rochdale, even though that's a bit further out, it's you know it's still a pretty local team to Bolton, so yeah. Benjamin, have you ever been to a Bolton game? I have indeed. I have indeed. I've I've only been to uh the stadium in Bolton, you know, uh a couple of times. But I'm mostly when they come down south, uh, you know, Fulham, Brentford, been to yeah. those ones. Been to a couple others that were a bit further. I went to Nottingham once to watch them, but that was a disaster. Um yeah. usually usually oh, okay. I just go to the away games. Uh, Favorite London the, away day then, as a Bolton fan. Sorry. Favorite London away day. Uh, Ful- Ful- Fulham's nice. Fulham is yeah. Fulham is a good ground, and I've been to, I've been to other Fulham games that were were not against Bolton as well. Mm. Um, it's a good, it's a pretty good atmosphere because it's a very, uh, very small ground. I guess Brentford's is as well where Griffin Park was, um, but. Uh, Griffin Park does get quite quiet when they're not winning. It's a bit depressing. But Craven College is, is, I think, I think my favourite. My uh, experience of um, uh, Bolton game, uh, I only seen Bolton once in the flesh uh, when they came to the when they came to Grenoble Road in sixteen seventeen. So when they finished uh, in second behind Sheffield United in League Two, uh, League One. Sorry, goodness mm-hmm. me. Um, and it was a cracking game. It was a Tuesday night in mid March. Um, we ended up losing four two, but three two Bolton. Marvin Johnson had a long shot, now at Middlesbrough, um, he had a long shot from 40 yards, that's not an exaggeration, and it was actually going into the top corner, like an arrow, and Ben Anik yeah. absolutely 
bastard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you get like the tiniest of fingertips ever to push it on the bar and over. Um, it was it, it was the uh, best goal that never was. Uh, Granada yeah. Road. Um, was that a fun season for you? Were you still at school for that season? Sixteen seventeen. Sixteen seventeen was my last yeah. year in in school. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was good. That was uh, probably the first time since I was since I was a wee boy uh, that um, we've had more wins than losses. In a <laughs> no, no, actually, the first season that we that we had in the championship after relegation. Yes, from, from the time we finished. Um, now, obviously, the season after um, twenty uh, sixteen, seventeen, seventeen, eighty, yeah. and. Um, I maybe the best championship final day ever. Um, Well, we also took part in the one before against Birmingham when they yeah the yes, relegation against you know, yeah Paul Cadet. And you, you know what, Alf? Bringing a big coincidence uh, when Birmingham scored that that winner against Bolton, that was the same day as the Northampton v Oxford game. Wow, that yeah, is cool. I did not know that. Yeah, when Chris Wilder wow. and, you know, the 3-1 win for Congress, yeah. Oh, Chris Wilder. We almost, I think we were about to get him from uh, from Sheffield United. Oh, no, sorry, from what, Northampton and then Sheffield Oxford. got him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. And we picked up a... Uh... Wait, who, wait, who... what year was that? 2016, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, was that Parkinson? Yeah, and we picked him up instead from Bradford. But we, I mean, he, he, Phil, Phil was Phil was pretty good as well. He had he had some some poor spells, but he was trying his best in a situation that no manager wants to yeah. wants to be in. There's um, Aaron Wilbraham in uh, belong so in the Bolton Wanderers target man Hall of Fame after his uh, heroics on the final day against. Yeah, I think he only scored one goal before that all season. But, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Him, him and Heskey have gone down in folklore as a two-goal season wonders. Heskey. That game, that game at Nottingham that I was talking about before, Heskey, when Matt Mills got sent off for us, this was before we moved to Nottingham, and Heskey moved to play centre-back because we, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we had a spare centre-back on the bench. So that was like a, a, a nightmare scenario unfolding, trying to watch him defend uh, Mikel Antonio. Absolutely, I, I can imagine that. Um, we could talk briefly about um, Bolton's uh, potential heroes of the future because, um, obviously, last season um, a massive reliance on new team players. Uh, yeah, especially yeah. at the start. Um, I mean, the Wickham away game was just an absolute fast. Um, really, it was a miracle that you managed to even put the team up. Um, do you think Dennis Politic is the pick of the bunch? Dennis Politic is a quality little player, but him being out for the season was a very sad news when that happened in, during the preseason. Um, so when he comes back from injury in May or whenever it's scheduled, who knows? You know, he'll have missed out on a crucial year of development because he would have been playing pretty much every game this season with the, the talent that he has and, and the fact that we wouldn't have had to get a replacement in for him yeah. if he wasn't injured, I don't think so. Yeah, um, him, apart from that, I mean, Ronan Darcy, yeah. he's yeah. all right. Yeah. You know, can he can he take us to the Prem? Probably not. <laughs> but he's he's going to have a good football league career, I think. He's, he's also, he's, he's a talented player as well. Harry Brockbank as well. Harry Brookbank's not bad, yeah, yeah. I was a bit disappointed that we sold um, Zuma's brother. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, if the manager didn't think he was up to it, then you know that's yeah, I trust his opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, do you, I mean, uh, off the back of this uh, newfound run of form, I mean, I, I, me personally, I, I, maybe it's not going to be a win every week, um, but I definitely think uh, the dark days of. Um, uh, Krellin Gate, as we'll, we'll call it, January. January uh, yeah, over. I think so. I hope so for sure. Um, you know, it's he could become better, but he is also a lone player. So if he, it doesn't yeah, work yeah. out, then he's, gonna, you know, he's not going to stick around, is he? Mm. No, no. Uh, 
Any other results in League Two that uh, take, take our fancy? Uh, well, it was FA yeah. Cup week this week. Um, something in League Two that has, um, that has caught my eye uh, is um, Harrogate and how quickly they seem to have transitioned uh, from uh, potential uh, playoff pushes. Um, to now uh, four defeats in a row, I think, and conceding five goals at home to a side who may not even last the season, literally, uh, in Scunthorpe. Um, unfortunately, that seems to be the case of many League Two clubs at the moment. Well, not many, um, but at least with Scunthorpe and Southend. Uh, well, obviously, uh, hope for the best there. And also, um, this weekend is the uh, pick of the League Two fixtures. Uh, Cheltenham against uh, Exeter City uh, and obviously Aki these are the two uh, Northampton slain sides uh, last July um, stick, sticking four goals past both I think and the, yeah person yeah. and then final um, two sides who are obviously still stinging from that especially Cheltenham um, yeah. who you know blew their position uh, so well uh, from such a good position, sorry. Uh, and so that'll be a really interesting fixture this weekend. Ben, who's um, who's uh, has there been a particular team that has stood out uh, in uh, League Two for you uh, this season? Um, I mean, Barrow, Barrow's not doing bad, yeah. you know. Harrogate's not doing not doing too bad either. I think they'll stay up uh, for sure. But but yeah, I was impressed that Barrow managed to carry uh, a lot of the uh, matchability over into League Two. So I think. Uh, you know, an outside promotion chance, I think, for them. I haven't looked at the table in a couple of weeks, actually, but they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're, sitting, they're sitting quite We free. also should talk about um, Mansfield and uh, obviously a side who have had so much latent potential over the last year and a half with the quality of their squad. I mean, Nicky Maynard, Alex McDonald, uh, George Lapsley this season on though from Charlton. Um, but uh, it has never materialised for them. Uh, Graham Cuffin, it's a disastrous appointment. So, uh, but Nigel Clough is now in uh, a manager who's just so much better than League Two level, and it seems to be a similar case with uh, Warnock um, in the Championship, um, with just turning a bad team into a really good one. Uh, <laughs> just the manager himself, really. Uh, so it'll be interesting how to keep an eye on them. I just I just took a look at the table and I realised I had Barrow way higher than I, thought that, than I thought they were. They're actually just above the relegation, but they got twenty goals, which is what was surprising me. I think it's the amount yeah. of, of, of the goal scoring ability that they have in the team is is quite. Well, the thing is, like, um, I mean, they have lost Everett, um, but yeah. you know his teachings. Uh, and his philosophy that he's imposed on the squad aren't just going to dissipate overnight. They'll probably dissipate in time. Yeah. Not yeah. So quickly uh, in time, as it were. Um, the other side who have perhaps uh, disappointed League Two this season for me is Walsall. Um, I think, me yeah. included, everyone got excited about the Daryl Clark appointment, um, where you know, just an absolutely unreal job that he did with Bristol Rovers back-to-back promotions. And, I mean, solidified them as a mid-table club in League One and should have done better uh, on occasional seasons. Um, so the talent's clearly there as a manager, so maybe we're just waiting uh, for them uh, to finally kick on after um, what's been uh, a year and a bit in charge now. Darryl. I think, um, yeah, Bradford as yeah. well, uh, uh, down down at the bottom and they're uh, considering where they were a couple of years ago trying to get into uh, into the championship nearly getting into well, the championship, is, um, so. yeah I mean I mean we still have the memories of Bradford's um league cup uh, sure. speaking of uh, uh, do you have any memories from um, uh, the Stoke Bolton uh, was it no five nil six one uh, but that didn't happen so it was it wasn't real <laughs> I know, I know. I remember this obviously. I was. I came back from a a, a holiday, um, and I was in the airport when I landed, and my 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 dad. Hadn't, he didn't come with us. He was he was he was at home, and he um, 
I just saw my phone once I got service, and uh, he said, "Yeah, we were beaten incredible five 0 I remember that's what, it, that's what he wrote, <laughs> and I was just like that. I didn't believe it. I said, "That's I, you know that that can't have happened." And Kenwin Jones doing fucking backflips and Wembley, <laughs> ridiculous. Um, was that Owen Coyle? As you mind, Giovanna, was Coyle? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Cool. His um, after after Gary Megson's reign of error. Uh, Owen Coyle's son is uh, the first team coach of um, the England um, amputee uh, team. And oh, really? uh, they and he did a very uh, interesting podcast uh, for the Freelance podcast talking about the MPT team and obviously talking about Owen Cork, obviously a Scottish person managing England. Uh, slightly yeah, strange. well, te- technically Irish. Oh, really? But, you know, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, but 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 he he, he was born yeah. in Scotland. Yeah, but he uh, played for. Well, there's also the um, Burnley links with Owen Coyle as well, which I'm not sure how uh, how that settled. Yeah, well. I mean, you know, Coyle, 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 he did a job up front for us as well. I remember when he was managing us, the player said that he used to he used to love to to have a bit have a join in as they were playing uh, smaller yeah. matches. He didn't have to run around a lot, but he liked to get stuck in a bit. Um, is that Bolton's only time at the uh, New Wembley? That might be a contender for worst record at the new Wembley, then. <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. It, it depends what you're going by, if it's goal difference or, or win percentage. Yeah. Or... Well, I mean, Exeter is a shout. I mean, three playoff final defeats in four years and the JPT final defeat as their record. Sunderland as well. Uh, yes. Last season, we yeah. went twice and lost. Um, that may be a, uh, a nice segue into League One chat, uh, Ben. If you want to stick on the line, talk about League One. Uh, feel free. Sure, sure. I might not be able to give you that much insight because I've not been following it. Much, no, that's all right. Um, so obviously, uh, Aki um, Sunderland have sacked uh, Phil Parkinson. Yeah, it was a surprise move because, you know, obviously they're not in dire straits, but then again, they aren't exactly where they want to be. And, uh, of course, there are new owners, kind of, that they're in the middle of a takeover, similar situation to Derby. And uh, is it really the right move? Yeah. Do we think it's a consequence of uh, the coronavirus that takeovers now are seemingly going on forever, whether that be at Derby or at Sunderland? I don't know. I mean, takeover is a difficult process as, as it is. Uh, of course, we've recently seen a successful one at Charlton. God knows that was uh, drawn out. And uh, there are details to iron out. And, yeah. you know, a lot of owners aren't football people. They work through middlemen and structures have to be established and whatnot. And they're difficult. Uh, but who as to who made this decision? Yeah, uh, that's I think very important. That and, you know, it might work into some... Sun, uh, maybe getting into some Sunderland Twitter or getting to talk to some of their fans about uh, just well, where this decision's coming well, from. Surely, and, you know, now that Donald's leaving the club, he wants to save as much money as he can and, you know, paying out the rest of Phil Parkinson's two-year contract um, may not have been the best thing about. Um, I've discussed this uh, in private with uh, you boys, but um, I mean, my, my personal belief is that uh, this Sunderland squad... Um, especially compared to others in League One, uh, if everyone were to perform at their maximum level, this Sunderland squad might not even get in the playoffs. Uh, never mind the top two. I mean, they're, yeah. they're one point off the playoffs now. Would you say that they've not the best of their ability, ability, but definitely not near their worst or uh, grounds to sack Parkinson? Uh, to be honest, um, no. and, uh, you know, like um, uh, post January last season. Uh, Sunderland did go on an incredible run and their squad has just been slightly decimated. Bear in mind now, Sunderland are two points off Bowyer and Bowyer is regarded yeah. by many as a But, but this is the thing, like, um, so... in 1819 when they lost the playoff final, like, they, they, were, they were crap for most of the season. Um, they didn't deserve to be in the playoffs. Yeah, I think yeah, 23 something. draws or something like that. 19. Um, it was ridiculous. By the, on that point, of course, uh, the uh, the end of uh, the Sunderland uh, Parkinson era is bookmarked with a 1-1 draw. 
uh, seems quite apt. Um, ben, uh, you yeah. can definitely talk about Phil Parkinson. Um, yes. You obviously did a great job in League One with you. Do you think Sunderland uh, should have kept the faith? Um, I mean, it, it's hard to say because obviously I've not yeah. been... I've been seeing much of, of, of what their games were. I've just taken a look at their, their record. I mean, they've only lost two out of yes, 14. Yeah. It's not, it's obviously not bad. Was but, that, um, um, you know, uh, Parkinson's modus operandi, um, Bolton just making, getting draws first before wins, if that makes sense. He's, he's not the most positive manager yeah. in terms of style. And I think everyone knows that. And at some clubs that works great. And at some clubs it, it, it doesn't. And depending on, you know what what players you have that you have at your disposal but um yeah i think i think um a club of Sunderland's size as well yeah. maybe he's he's not uh he's not quite well, up to it for them i but. think this is the problem ben that um the people who are making the Sunderland decisions and Sunderland fans themselves whether rationally or i mean it's their club yeah they are making these decisions and their perceptions of the season on these uh, ideas that Sunderland, uh, we're too big for League One, which yes, they, they definitely are, uh, but that yeah. doesn't, you know, blind you. I think I think they apply that logic to their squad as well, as in the literal quality of their squad, um, to think, oh yeah, this squad is definitely better than League One as well, which they're just not. Um, I mean, personally, beyond Luca Nine. Um, and maybe a few of the veterans of the team, um, such as uh, Grant Lebeter. Um, I mean, uh, any of them really a long-term viable championship option? Um, I, I'm not sure. To be honest. They've got a lot of um, League One dead weight in their squad. I mean, Will Greg, the most obvious, but also like Charlie White. Yeah. Uh, Charlie White. I was gonna. I was gonna mention. Him. I was. Is I was he yeah. How he's doing? No, no. no just, uh, just a bit of a bit, bit of a figure. Yes, exactly. Um, Aki, another fun week for Northampton yeah. Town. Another win against Fleetwood, beating teams better than them. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're at the FA Cup, so uh, thankfully, uh, you know, their fitness won't be impacted. But yeah, a good week for Northampton, uh, beating teams around them, which they need to do. And, you know, as a nominal fan, I have faith in this team, yeah. you know, based on their results so far. Uh, wins away at Wigan. And, and you talk about a team whose target is to stay up. What you have to do is win your home games and get the odd result against teams which are around you. And uh, essentially, that's what Northampton are doing. And I think Heath Cole's doing a good job with the resources that he has. Like Any season with Northampton, obviously, in uh, in League One, it's about consolidation. And they're 16th. And I think Northampton fans would bite your hand off for this position. And that's exactly what's happening. So Perhaps, uh, very few complaints. Yeah. Results twice. I mean, obviously, you can nitpick performances, but uh, you know, it's uh, interesting that um, Northampton's first big team win, as it were, of the season against Fleetwood, uh, or good team win, I should say, not big team, uh, occurred when uh, uh, Keith Curl had to deviate uh, from his beloved 3 5 2, a 4 3 3 that Northampton rocked on Tuesday night uh, due to the injury uh, to Ricky Holmes. Water's wet. Um, obviously, we hope that Ricky Holmes is back, Pronto, because he because he absolutely lights up the league. Um, and uh, yeah, just uh, further positives for Northampton, and just gradually edge away. Uh, and it, bear in mind now, it it it, it was a typical uh, you know lower yeah. uh, lesser side beating a better side at home win uh, with. Uh, yeah, you know, a defender scoring. Yeah, yeah, uh, I think it was a header he scored with, wasn't it? Or, yeah, uh, they took their chance when they got it, and this is the sort of resilience you want to see. Yeah. There's a confidence about this team that really can make um, a big difference. Speaking of sides, uh, up till now, uh, lacking in confidence, Milton Keynes Dons, uh, getting a very good win over uh, Charlton in midweek, but obviously the focus of this chat will be on Charlton for now. Um, much has been made of Lee Bowyer's post-match comments, uh, rightfully, uh, about, obviously, we are delighted to see fans back in their limited capacity for the first time since, um, well, since March for most clubs. I know Charlton had the one-off against Doncaster earlier this season. 
Um, anyway, Bowyer saying that um, he was disappointed that the fans uh, didn't make enough atmosphere and then uh, decided to boo the team off after the game. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on uh, such a uh, such an accusation? Uh, you know, it's, Sorry, it's a very audacious that? and controversial accusation from Boya uh, to make. Yeah, his post match comments oh, about. Oh, yeah, Boya's post match. The the thing with Boya yeah. is, uh, it's unfounded. <laughs> I I think he needs to look at you know, like life is often about looking inwards, and he needs to look at his own team, realize that there are two thousand fans who are distanced. It's hard enough to get going as it is. I mean, what are your expectations? Do you expect uh, yeah. uh, La Bombonera or something and there were 2,000 fans socially distanced? Uh, and yeah, I think, look, as much as fans can make a huge difference, it's not a huge amount of fans and you have to continue playing like... No, yeah, uh, agreed, fans, If you get what I mean. Like, yeah, like, like, like you can't blame then or ask too much of them. Like it, it makes a difference, but not a huge difference. And I think if you want it to make a difference, you have to get your own performance out of it. And we know people who are at that game, and it was negative football, so you can't expect. A I think there was a degree of a frustration from every everyone around that you know they look at the uh, the positions of the respective sides of the table and think, oh, Charlton should be battering MK Dons, where MK Dons have not got the fruits that they've deserved this season. Uh, Russell Martin has done an exceptional job uh, so far. Uh, looking at the data, they should be in the playoffs right now. Um, they made the possession of games, and I think it came as a surprise to many Charlton fans uh, that that's how the game uh, panned out. Uh, again, it's, you know, there are slight inconsistencies with Charlton at the minute. I mean, we discussed on last week's pod, it would be nice, or maybe two weeks before now, uh, it would be nice to see Johnny Williams and Albie Morgan as the two wingers. That happened against Ipswich at the weekend, a very convincing 2 0 win. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll talk about how the child a bit. But... Well, I mean, some two great yeah. wins at Ipswich and Portsmouth, but, you know, their losses against MK Dons and Burton. Um, that leads us on nicely to Ipswich. Ipswich Town uh, giving Oxford their first clean sheet of the season and our first clean seat. Since, uh, would you like to know who? Ipswich, last February. Uh, uh, <laughs> where we oh, wow. knew it. So, uh, did, did, you watch, did, did you watch this uh, game? What yeah. did you make so, of the performance? Uh, we won't talk about the weekend. Um, Robinson ostracised a few players in the aftermath of the game. Decided to start Shadipo, who was one yeah. of the players who was just abject when he came on. And a few sketchy... Uh, lineup decisions from Robinson, um, despite a good one of starting Jack Stevens and goal. Um, again, that may not be a coincidence either. Um, but you know, obviously, we're going into the game, we're just desperate for a point at least, a win to just raise the spirits at all and you know, calm down our, our, our fears at the moment. Um, but we did not expect to totally dominate the game, um, which is obviously what we set out to do in games. Uh, as, a, as a possession heavy side uh, but to this extent against um, what many people see as a, a playoff contender was just was just incredible uh, really which offered absolutely no threat at all apart from a 15 minute uh, spell in the second half um, obviously we, we probably should have won the game 2-0 um, James Henry with two decent chances but I mean ah, it happens um, James Henry yes yes he was alright for us not bad. yeah yeah he, he was uh, he was average for Millwall and that allowed us to get him which was nice he um a, a quick aside he did not start his Oxford career well um so much when we signed him in the summer of 2017 Pep Quartet first season we were on a dismal run of form going into January I remember a date January 20th home to Berry, must win game for Clyde otherwise he's getting sacked Berry were bottom at this time um we're attacking our well, our end, our only end, uh, first half for a change. Um, James Henry scored a tap-in from uh, two yards out to give us a 1-0 lead against the worst side in the league and proceeded to shush his own fans. Um, not a good decision, uh, but he's been brilliant the last two seasons. So, anyway, back to Ipswich. 
uh, a remarkable poll which was discussed um, on the Totally Football League pod this week uh, that over 80% of Ipswich fans in a pre-game poll said that they hoped that Ipswich would lose to Oxford if it Ben Lambert would get sacked. Is there, I, you know, over the pandemic, my social media usage, well, my, my well, yeah, in some ways, it's gone down, and you know, but I had no idea that Ipswich fans were in such a disdain of their manager. Of course, Ipswich and Sunderland, yeah. on paper, just because of our, the size of these clubs, uh, you'd expect them to uh, to be top two, top three in the league, and I guess in a sense you're right, but you know what you what you say about. Uh, about the negative football, that's not encouraging. And, you know, my best, imp- well, you know, the best idea I have, I have of Paul Lambert is, you know, being a Liverpool fan in the early 2010s, his Villa team often had, ha, ha, especially Anfield, often did us. And uh, at home at Villa Park, they had an awful record. Uh, they only won away from home because they were allowed to be negative and yeah. break with the likes of like Bon Lahore and Vyman. And Pence is trying to do the similar thing at Ipswich, but, you know, everyone expects Ipswich to perform and look what happens negativity and nothing he's his style of play is much more suited to teams who yes back um, it's, it's just not the gig for him um like um so obviously his tenure at wolves um in, uh, in between 2015 and 2017 in 15 16 you know he did a really good job with wolves at stabilizing the ship which desperately needed to be stabilized um Wolves, you know, couldn't afford a second relegation to League One in a decade. Um, but once the, you know, the, the Portuguese brigade started to arrive, um, he wasn't, you know, uh, squeezing uh, as much juice as he could out of the squad. And I think a similar thing is, is happening with Ipswich uh, here. I mean, I mean, the quality is there with Ipswich. I mean, it may not be with Sunderland, but it is there with Ipswich. James Norwood, Keenan Bennett, yeah. who is, you know, one of England's, or at least was one of England's uh, most hotly rated talents. Andre Dizel, um Luke Chambers is an absolute EFL championship veteran, really. Um, Thomas Holly and goals, an absolute beast. Um, and, so, and so, yeah, I mean, the issue of Lambert's long contracts, I think, is what's keeping him in, in, in a job at the moment. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if it gets low back. Yeah, yeah. Marcus Evans yeah. isn't one to pay a big and severance. As we know from Ipswich's uh, gradual decline, and I mean the suffocation of Mick McCarthy, that you know Marcus Evans is a stingy bastard. Be careful what you wish for. Yes, I, I, I guess, but I mean, at, at the same time, um, it is. I can have sympathy with. Maybe not, you know, I can't see the logic, but I can have sympathy with Ipswich and Sunderland's rationale that can it get any worse? I mean, obviously it can, but I... Yes. Yeah, yeah, ben, ben, yeah. I mean, you must have felt that on a few occasions. But, uh, yeah. Wait, come again? You must have felt a uh, feeling of can it get any worse? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're in League One and it, and it does... Just well, ask let, Wolves, Burnley. Lest we forget with Burnley, um, uh, 10 minutes away Burnley from the Football League relegation in 1988, I believe. Uh, yeah, something like that. But, you know, it, it can get bad. You talk about teams. I think Burnley, the teams I mentioned there, there are four yeah. teams who have won every single five, division of the yeah. top four. I think Wolves, yeah. Wolves, Burnley, yeah, uh, Sheffield United are in there and Coventry. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Sheffield United, um, yeah, Sheffield United in there now, uh, completing the set uh, by pipping Bolton to the title in seventeen eighteen. Sorry, Ben. Uh, promotion was what mad though. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, moving on uh, to, uh, I think perhaps the story of the week in League One. Uh, it's the resurgence of uh, Blackpool. Um, after a dire start to the season and, you know, trying to banish the Simon Grayson ghosts uh, from last season. Um, they're finally, uh, much like uh, 
uh, Bolton in League Two finally uh, playing at their full potential, um, and it, and it's based upon just a, an absolutely you know a defence which is just seemingly going to be too good for League One level. Um, James' husband, um, I mean, nearly started, nearly was going to be Norwich's first choice left back uh, in the eighteen nineteen season before Jamal Lewis, uh, you know, took his chance moving up from the academy. Um, uh, but I mean, centre back is where it's really at, and I mean, Daniel Ballard on loan from Arsenal. Um, I mean, he's already become Northern Ireland starting centre back alongside Johnny Evans. Um, and I mean, yes, they ended up losing sadly uh, against Slovakia in their playoff final, but he was exceptional and exceptional in the semi final against Bosnia in October. Um, and I mean, he 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 has so many similarities with Harry Maguire. It's quite scary. Um, his like chunky muscular build, um, but he's not particularly clunky, and he's extremely effective at bringing the ball out, um, whether that be through passes breaking the lines or dribbling runs breaking the lines. Uh, he's good at them both, and um, he provides a, a really nice uh, bedrock uh, for Blackpool to uh, move on uh, this season, um, and it'll be interesting to see that. Uh, and I think uh, we've talked a lot about uh, Lancashire teams, obviously so far in this pod. And the Lancashire team is perhaps a good space uh, to start with for our championship chat as well. Um, because uh, Blackburn Rovers uh, are really hitting form this season. And form inconsistently has been what has uh, eluded them. Well, look, they have looked. Blackburn is in, you look at the championship landscape, Blackburn isn't where you look for prior to the prettiest of football or like, you know, I, I see them as in terms of the size of their club and what, what what their ambitions are like, you know, almost lower mid-table. But Tony Mowbray's done a fantastic job there with yeah. talent. And, you know, Harvey Elliott, Adam Armstrong, these guys are really capable. And they went on, they, 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 they almost touched the yeah. playoffs yeah. last year. Yeah. They did a great yeah. performance at Brentford at the end of last season, I remember. Uh, oh, I think February thing was. But, yeah, I think Tony Mowbray is just proving himself time and time again to be a manager who can maximise. We have, uh, but, but this is the interesting exactly thing. I mean, we have this. We rightfully all have this perception of Tony Mowbray. So that's what he does, and I mean, indeed, he does. But um, he's also added on top of that flair this season going forward. Um, I think I think part of that is the natural progression and evolution of Adam Armstrong, uh, who's just. I mean, he's just hit another level this season, and I mean, he's going to be in the Premier League next season, uh, whether that be with Blackburn or with someone else. He, Blackburn fans yes, enjoyed uh, they definitely will have done that. They're homes, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, Harvey Elliott is sorted into the side really nicely. Therese Dolan, um, you know, offers, off, offers pace going forward, as does Rankin Costello, another youngster. Um, and then that's, you know, complemented by uh, another EFL veteran uh, name drop on this pod, Danny Graham, uh, still knocking around and still banging in the goals. Um I mean, I mean, I hope they finally break break the ceiling and get into the playoffs this season because they've flirted with it a lot in past seasons. And uh, we mentioned Preston, or Aki mentions Preston. Uh, a really uh, impressive win for yeah. them in midweek, uh, dominating Bournemouth, beating them 3-2. The, the two is only there because they uh, lost focus in the final 10 minutes. Um, Scott Sinclair scoring from the halfway line um, I think that sums up what is great at the championship. Well, it's a bit of an anomalous result because you look at their games before then, they lost at home to, to Birmingham, uh, they lost away to Rotherham, they lost away to Watford, they lost at home to Blackburn, and then pulling off a win like that's the magic of the championship too. Pulling off a win uh, like that at the blue. Their form... Yeah, yeah, well, well, it, well it, it's a complete uh, role reversal of last season where, uh, and seasons before really, where Deepdale has been a fortress for them and uh, their away form has always been what's uh, thwarted them uh, from making a season-long playoff push. Um, but this season is totally flipped and, I mean, they, they can't, you know, do well at Deepdale for Dottie, but uh, uh, putting in the performances away from home. Uh, from a purely selfish perspective, um, it's so nice to see Ryan Ledson finally getting game time. 
uh, for them. Uh, you know, I mean, as a, as a, as an Oxford fan who saw him in the sixteen seventeen season, uh, he was just—I mean, I mean, genuinely looked like he was going to play for England. Um, I, he still made it. We never know, um, especially with the volume of um, England players these days who have you know been moulded uh, in the in the in the Championship. Um, and so, yeah, ho- hopefully, uh, hopefully, we'll we'll see that. Um, Aki, last week we talked about um, how this was a massive upcoming week for Cardiff City and Neil Harrison. We'd admonished ourselves um, as to why Cardiff weren't as good as their squad suggests they would be. But um, two emphatic wins later and uh, things looking up for Cardiff and Neil Harrison. Yeah, I think seven, uh, that's eight goals without concession yeah. over the last three games. No, sorry, sorry, seven goals without concession over two games. Fantastic result, high scoring performances. Uh, yeah, of course, yeah, against good teams as well. You know, these aren't teams that should be picking off. Uh, keep them all getting on the score sheet, and uh, yeah, there is, guess, um, uh, there's a lot for them to be happy the, about. Uh, addition of um, Mark Harris uh, raised a few eyebrows, no relation to Neil Harris, important to remember. Um, uh, but Mark Harris, who's kind of just knocked about in the Cardiff loan system getting loaned out to a few National League clubs, Wrexham most notably, and not setting the world alight. I mean, it looked like uh, he was going to be shipped off uh, at the start of this season. Uh, but he's been given a chance and he's taken it. Um, and uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can continue in this uh, vein of form and um, get himself a Wales call-up uh, in March. Uh, it'll be nice to see. Um, as, as, but as for their two victims... This week, Huddersfield and Newton. Uh, I don't think they should worry too much. They've still been uh, impressive. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. Huddersfield, you expected them to be in the relegation zone. Uh, and Luton, after last season, well, this is this is bliss for them to be in 11s. To be on par with the likes of Middlesbrough, Cardiff yeah. and Blackburn. Um, it's, I think that they're... they're, they're they're cementing themselves as a championship team, which looks something very, very, um, very unlikely. I guess we'll round up our championship chat with Derby. And um, obviously, the sacking of Philip Koku in terms of the timing of it, you know, reeked of um, the, the classic trick of um, giving the new manager two easy games to kick off with home to Wickham and who, home to Coventry. Well, not easy games, but easier games. Um, two wins, I think, were expected from that given the quality gap in personnel between the two sides. Um, but, you know, I mean, two draws at home to Wickham and at home to Coventry, it, it's the, the the new manager bounce, well, kind of half new manager bounce, given that Wayne Rooney's been knocking about in the squad for a while, um, doesn't really seem to be there. <laughs> well, the thing is, they scored... Uh... Yeah, yeah. They scored first in both games. And I think this hints, you know, to concede late on in both games like they did. This is, I don't want to say lack of professionalism, but it, it's it's a lack of concentration yeah, yeah, too. No, like they, no, it's they I, mean, I mean, Coventry missed an absolute sitter uh, in the first half. I mean, if you if people listening haven't watched the highlights, they do watch the Derby Coventry highlights. David Marshall basically gives... Matt Godden an open goal. Um, oh no, not, not Matt Godden. Sorry, um, uh, uh, Bakayoko up front. Uh, Matt Godden's injured. Hopefully, he's back soon. Uh, uh, but yeah, there's new manager bounce, but this squad is better than this too. They're not losing. That that'll be a good uh, that'll be a good sign for them. But they've yeah. got a very very tough test away at Millwall tomorrow. And how they deal with it. Um, well, I guess uh, that's a nice segue happens. into finishing off our uh, our hour long chat with uh, a weekend uh, preview. And um, uh, we can do it. Uh, across the. Okay, so uh, starting with the championship uh, games to look out for. Uh, yes, I, I, I was going to pick Lincoln exactly Swansea, that game. I mean, one. it may not be the most. Um, Entertaining of games, to be honest. I mean, yes, Steve Cooper and Nathan Jones, perhaps in the past, past, excuse me, have um, 
uh, both been renowned uh, for their expansive brand of football, but this season they've opted for a more solid approach, especially Swansea. Uh, building on a, a rock solid defence, it has to be said. Yeah. Um, what an addition Ryan Bennett has been at centre back, by the way. Um, such worth uh, for them. Uh, yeah, and uh, I think also in um, uh, the championship, and, and again, it may not be the most entertaining game, uh, but a really interesting battle between Brentford and Blackburn. Yeah, yeah, I was just about to say that. Yep, fantastic game. A game which uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't remember Brentford had won, but they definitely. I don't think they they, they lost. I think it probably a draw. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, Blackburn took a two 0 lead there, which was a big shock at the time. And uh, if the game is as high scoring as it was back then, then we're in for a treat. And the fact of the matter is, Blackburn won't go down to London and back down. You know, uh, they they'll have confidence in what they can do. And uh, it'll be good to see Harvey Elliott continue his good run of form and enjoy his football. Uh, in League One, uh, really quickly, uh, of course, Sunderland and Wigan. That's an interesting one. And uh, yeah, um, Oxford versus Hull. We should uh, we should caveat uh, the, the picks for League One and League Two, especially by saying um, we can't predict the weather, and there has been snow across the country. And there is predicted to be more snow in areas across the country tonight, Oxfordshire included. So we apologise if any of these fixtures are called. Yep. Very, very true. Very true. But it's not um, like many people are at the risk. I wouldn't worry about it. I'll only hold you personally responsible for all the weather. <laughs> um, I think uh, the fixture of the weekend in League One has to be. Um, I mean, we could talk about a plastic derby in League with Blackpool, but it's not really a derby. Um, so Portsmouth, Peterborough, um, uh, two sides who finally seem to be hitting their full potential, at least in patches uh, so far this season. And um, the issue of patches, I guess, is what's going to define this game. I mean, who uh, who performs to their best? Uh, when both of these sides are at their best, it's going to be it's a really interesting and even matchup, an entertaining matchup as well. Um, I mean, you know, Portsmouth are more direct, but that doesn't mean they're boring when they're direct. Um, I mean, you know, just look at, I mean, Northampton last season. I yeah. mean, who could, yes, it's a direct style under Keith Cole, but I mean, any watch, anyone watching that playoff final who said they were boring, I mean, um, and he pushes their eyes out, really. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah I, I think um, the uh, pace of uh, Peterborough's front three and Schmodick's, uh Clark Harris and maybe even Mo Issa alongside uh, Dembele will give um, Portsmouth's not an ageing back line, but a quite uh, clunky back line, uh, uh, a real good um, run for their money. And um, moving on to uh, League Two, uh, Bolton Wanderers uh, at home to Port Vale. Uh, Port Vale to, yeah. um, uh, many people, including me, had uh, high hopes all this season. I mean, I've got Port Vale in my uh, top three. Uh, but do you, are you optimistic for this one, Ben? Uh, yeah, I am. I mean, Port Vale lost their last five games, so there's one yeah. uh, why why we should have a bit of confidence, even that we've not lost in the last five. So, um, you know, but you know, having said that, that's the kind of game that if you take it for granted and think, oh, form wise, we're we're on top, we're on top of things. That's that's when it can also go very wrong. So, you know, keep my expectations in check. Uh, Colchester Grimsby uh, is uh, the televised kickoff in League Two at half five on Saturday. Um, uh, whenever we think Grimsby have turned the corner under Ian Holloway, they uh, go swinging and crashing back round that corner uh, in even more yeah. catastrophic uh, manner than last. Um, and uh, obviously, uh, Colchester have been a much improved side this season, and um, there's uh, a growing uh, discomfort uh, with Grimsby Town at the minute within their own fans and, you know, slight apprehension perhaps of what the future holds with uh, Holloway, who uh, is not in the best of moods uh, for, for a variety of reasons I think that's important uh, to add. Um, and uh, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, We'll see you all next week and uh, and have a good weekend of football. And uh, we hope you're not too busy. To yes, run into Christmas. absolutely. Uh, and, um, we'll be active over Christmas, won't be Alf? Won't we? Alf? Absolutely but not. There is absolutely no shortage of football. Yes. And uh, we'll be we'll be live tweeting and Instagramming and whatnot. Yeah. Too. 
It's like a mini we World will, Cup, so we've been told. Yeah, we will, and uh, uh, yeah, we'll keep you all updated. Discuss uh, uh, the World Cup draw. And bye. Sorry, international. Thank you, Ben, as well for being our guest. Yeah, thank well, you guys for having me. Came with some some very thank nice you, questions thank you, and insightful knowledge from you, Alf, about uh, about both. Mm. Well, I mean, I, I love going back to the noughties as much as you. Yeah. yeah. So. Good. Thank well, you.